What is going on, Abstract Sports Nation? This is episode 55 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, uh, where we come at you with uh, with some uh, abstract angles, some popular angles, but either way, we're bringing sports back to life, and we're coming at you live on Facebook, for that matter. We're going to be talking about some MLB action today, um, some uh, pretty big news coming out of All-Star Weekend. I mean, obviously, All-Star events have happened since the last time we did a show, um, but there's some other things that are kind of bigger than that in the scheme of things that we're going to talk about. Then we've got a little bit of basketball talk, talking about some recent deals that have happened in the last few days. Uh, but we're also going to talk about some PGA. So um, if you follow any kind of sports, you probably have an idea of what we might be talking about there. But without further ado, let's get episode 55 on the way. Please feel free to spam those emojis and let us know how you feel about our thoughts here. Um, let's go. All right, so since we are into this episode 55, we are going to start out with a little bit of some baseball action. So let's get this thing started. All right, let's go. Let's go. Pow, I couldn't tell. I don't know if you could tell, but that was a that was a baseball sound, a guy hitting a baseball, and it was going over the fence. Uh, and if you watch on YouTube or you watch on Facebook, you know that you see a baseball spinning and coming at you like you hit a home run. So, yeah, you should probably tune into the live show. You get a lot of good graphics and stuff. David on Facebook says, I thought it was my phone. Ha ha ha. Yeah, so uh, basically what that means, <clears throat> excuse me, what that comment means is that I had my my intro muted the first time. So people who actually do tune into the live show, which David, I appreciate you, man. I love you, bro. Um, you get to hear the weird things that happen like that. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I cut out of the post-production show that goes up on Anchor, goes up on YouTube. So the live show, you really get to capture a little bit more of my personality and, uh, it's all good. <laughs> uh, Hey, I'm human too. Okay. We're bringing sports back to life where we make mistakes on the podcast in real life and in sports. <laughs> Uh, but we are starting out with some baseball. I'm pretty sure I already played that baseball graphic, but let's play it again just for good measure. Gosh darn, that's beautiful. All right, so to start out with the baseball news, it's really only one story. Well, two, I guess. One quick thing that I don't have in my outline is that All-Star Weekend happened last weekend, um, and uh, it looked like a pretty good time. I got to catch some of the events while I was at Buffalo Wild Wings having some dinner. I saw Bill Nye get a single in the celebrity softball game. That was pretty cool. Um, I saw that Bryce Harper won the home run derby uh, in epic fashion. He was wearing a bandana, and and he, he had to hit a certain number to win, and he did it. And streamers were flying. Colors were all flittering in the air, and it was beautiful. And uh, it was a good American scene, if you will. Uh, but beyond that, there was another story that came out of All-Star Weekend that um, I feel like as it seems to have gone unnoticed, but maybe if you watch mainstream, uh, like you know, cable or TV, you probably heard about this. Or if you're just generally on the internet, you probably saw something about it. But it's important for me to talk about this on this show because where we bring sports back to life, that means that we try to relate sports back to a human level. And in fact, sometimes politics come into the picture, but this is not politics. This is human rights and and civil rights and stuff like that. It's it's serious, but it's, I don't want it to seem like it's that serious because it's a conversation we've got to have. It's not meant to be an argument. It's more a discussion. Uh, so let's get it started. 
So this guy named Josh Hader, I'm saying his name like Hader. I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say it. Uh, he's a pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He faced criticism for derogatory tweets that he put out at the age of 17. So on Twitter, he put those out. Let me actually see how old, how old he is. Josh Hader, H-A-D-E-R, Josh Hader. Let's see here. He was born in, oh my word, I can't, 1990. Four. Holy crap, that's weird. <laughs> so that means he is like 24 years old. He's four years younger than me. He's 24 years old. Okay, Josh Hader, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. He uh, had some tweets. I haven't read the tweets. I just heard about them, and so I'll describe them to you. They had different variations of the N-word in them. Uh, perhaps I, from what I if – I, if I'm remembering the same story correctly, there were some anti-Semitic uh, – tweets out there about uh, you know that he put out as well basically just really ignorant childish tweets to be putting out and he uh he definitely regrets it but these tweets were discovered while he was pitching in the all-star game which is kind of a big deal you know somebody somebody well that's not the big deal obviously it's bigger than that but what i'm saying is when you get into the into the spotlight you become a celebrity you become a an all-star for a major sport in the biggest or you know one of the in a popular sport like baseball there's a chance that there's going to be somebody out there trying to undermine you and trying to uh, turn you into a laughing stock and I'm phrasing it that way but there are definitely two ways to the story so don't don't get it twisted too early on okay but these tweets were discovered at some point during the all-star game while he was pitching and then when he left the game he was notified of this and I'm sure that his, you know, his stomach went in knots and all that, judging by his reaction. Um, in interviews after the game, he he showed an, an immense amount of, re, of remorse and regret for his decisions as a teenager. Uh, he mentioned that he didn't mean what he said back then, and those values do not reflect him as the, as the person that he is today, um, which I think is a very important thing to say when you're in that situation, especially if you feel that way. Uh, but apparently he, he did make a team-wide apology in front of the team. Uh, he cried during that apology, and to his teammates, they all kind of hugged it out and respected him for the apology. But when something like this happens where you, even in your past, doesn't matter when it happened in your life, at some point in, you, in your life you thought that it was okay to tweet out things that were derogatory and mean towards other groups of people. And that's not cool. You know, if you're a human, you should be treating others like other treating others like you would like to be treated. And, uh, but I mean, it, from at face value, it kind of seems like his teammates took that apology just fine, but they also, you know, they, there's a little bit of trust that has to be rebuilt in that locker room. Uh, he clearly lost some trust with some, with some of the players on that team by having a past that reflects the ideology that is not good for the human people or the human people. That's uh, redundant. Uh, you know, just for people in general, for humanity, uh, any kind of derogatory phrase, you just, parents should be teaching kids that it's not all right. And I, I understand kids are going to be dumb. Kids are going to be immature and they got to learn from their mistakes. But if it can pre be prevented, then it becomes less and less of a problem, hopefully. Uh, so his fans seem to take the apology all right. But, you know, it is kind of a big deal to have said something like that. He showed a lot of remorse. But 
he comes out to pitch after the All-Star game for the first time, first time since the news broke that this happened. And he received a standing ovation from the fans uh, in Milwaukee. I'm guessing it was in Milwaukee. Uh, so apparently the fans, I don't, you know, it's kind of weird to think about this dynamic because you go from pitching in the All-Star game where you're an All-Star, you're respected on a few different levels of your life, and then you all of a sudden have to de, like sort of teleport back to middle school or high school where you made these you put out these tweets you have to defend yourself on why you said them and and how they don't describe you as a person and then you come back to your home stadium for the first time since all this happened and you get a standing ovation like you have to think from different perspectives the fans they're probably seeing that as look we forgive you we understand you did something wrong and you know that you did something wrong so we want to let you know that you are still welcome. We still like you. So we're going to give you a standing ovation. But it's a very bold thing to do. It's a group thing thing when you're in a gr- in a crowd of people, you know. When you do that, you're just kind of going with the flow like, yeah, we're giving him a standing o. And if you didn't hear the no hear the news, you're clapping for something you have no idea of the background, right? And that's that's kind of a big problem. People just kind of like, "Ooh, blind cheering." It's it's same as like blind supporting somebody when they you don't know their entire personality or their entire uh, support uh, set of values. It's a similar thing. But in this case, I think that he was honestly in the, like he knows he was in the wrong. He showed remorse. He, uh, he said it doesn't reflect his personality now. And, you know, in sports, there's a, a wide range of diversity um, in terms of ethnicity and backgrounds and, and how you get to be on that stage. And he respects that. He understands that, especially in baseball. I think there's a lot of respect that happens in that sport, like from a historic perspective and from a diversity perspective and the types of milestones that have been broken with the sport of baseball. You think about Jackie Robinson, you know, uh, and uh, there's that, the, oh, what is it called? The, oh, I got to find this. There's a, a museum about it. Like uh, it's called like Negro League Baseball or Negro League's History. So there's a Negro League's Baseball Museum. Like baseball represents a lot of inclusion um, at a very pivotal time in American history. And so this guy coming into baseball, like he has respect for everybody and he's he's including everybody, but he also has this past of putting out tweets that he probably thought they were funny. He probably thought they were he was like trying to be cool. And he was saying it because his friends were saying it without knowing any repercussion of it. Well, that repercussion comes now. Uh, it's just like when, you, like to me, when I was in high school and when I was in college, my professors would always tell me, like, whatever you put online, people are, will try and find it. If you get a high enough, if you become a successful enough person, there are people who will want to bring you down, regardless of how good you think you are. And so, anything you put online, people are going to find it, and they are going to show it to the public when the time is right. And this was that moment for him. I don't know the guy personally. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of baseball, so I don't know his playing style. I don't know his demeanor. I don't know any of those things. I don't know what he's like in the locker room. But it seems like he knows he did the wrong thing, and uh, he took the right, took the correct steps to try and make it right for as much as he could. You know what I mean? And then this other thing that I saw kind of caught my attention um, and it kind of mixes mixes the sports together, and I think that's where this podcast is beautiful because 
certain aspects of sports don't just relate to one sport. They sort of uh, flow between sports because they're human aspect things. And so from, uh, it's not first take, it's, oh geez, the show that Shannon Sharp is on. What is he on? Shannon Sharp show. What is he on? Undisputed. That's where it came from. Um, David here on Facebook says, I think owning up to it is important. Sports are so multicultural. So stuff like that can ruin a career and tarnish your role as a leader. It's similar to what happened with Josh Allen. A certain, a certain amount can be attributed to dumb youth, but it's important to apologize and make it right. And I totally agree. Um, like, like you said, and kind of like I, you're, you're kind of iterating what I was mentioning about how sports are so diverse in the way that people get to the professional level. You can't help but um, have respect for everybody that gets to that point. And in that, through, in that phase, you kind of have this understanding of diversity and um, sensitivity towards uh, different cultures and things like that. You know how to talk in certain groups of people. And, you know, what I mean by that is not like filtering because people are around. I'm saying like, you know how to say the correct terminology without being offensive and, and, and knowing what is right from wrong. That's the real thing here. And when you're 17 and, and dumb youth, you probably don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on your career down the road. Uh, but he did take the right steps to make it right, I believe. Um, but then I think to sort of exacerbate the situation, I don't, I don't want to call it exacerbate cause I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, you know, I'm trying to find the right word here. Like I'm not trying to say one side is wrong and one side is right. Obviously he was in the wrong when he was 17, but now he's in the right in terms of how he's handling the situation. And then you have somebody like Shannon Sharp coming into the situation from undisputed the show with him and that other guy, the, the guy who's really annoying, kind of like Stephen A. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, Shannon Sharp sends out a tweet about him getting a standing ovation. I'm going to just quote his tweet. Uh, Shannon Sharp retweeted a thing from this account. Uh, it says Brewers, Josh Hader gets standing ovation from fans in Miller park. So that's in Milwaukee. I'm, I'm guessing Milwaukee Miller. It makes sense. Uh, but then his comment along with that retweet was, Kneel against injustice, get booed. Tweet racial homophobic slurs, get standing O. Huh. So he's, I think he's trying to kind of point out the way different scenarios are treated and trying to just get people to realize how they're thinking about these situations. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like the kneeling issue is a very divisive um rhetoric i guess this the the discussion that happens around the kneeling issue is so much more divisive because it's um you know it, it's almost like cut in half like people are just oblivious to the movement of what they, what Colin Kaepernick and that movement represents and they just kind of blindly like the flag is the flag it represents our military and it's like well the flag represents a lot more than that and we're protesting those things that were taken from us and our, and our friends, um, and people of our, of our society. And, and so he's, he's kind of comparing two unlike situations, but it's also, it, it brings attention to both of them again, which I think is very important. 
you know, you have a situation where there's a white guy who makes these anti-Semitic and, and uh, racial slurs on social media when he was a child or, you know, 17 years old, almost an adult, um, but still immature. And then you have African-American adults in the sport of the NFL silently protesting, using their rights uh, knowingly and to bring awareness around a situation that is going on in the country. It's two very different things. One, he was probably joking when he was a kid, but that doesn't matter. You don't say those things. And the other one, it's like we want to bring awareness to an issue. So it's like one is trying to get attention. One is not really trying to get attention, but just trying to feel included. I don't really know how to say that. It, 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 the, the two situations don't compare just, just right. You know, they're, they're not the same, but, and that's where I think Shannon Sharp is kind of in the wrong is that he's comparing two unlike situations, but he is bringing light to a still very important discussion about the kneeling and the national anthem with the NFL and how the rules that they kind of brought up and how they're getting kind of just brushed under the rug, so to speak, by making them go to the locker room if they're going to kneel or get fined if they do it out on the sidelines. And I'm, I'm curious to watch the NFL season and see how that unfolds for them because uh, I have a feeling there's going to be more protests than not. Um, at least from what I am following on Twitter and the things that I see, I think it's going to be more protests, and I, I would love to see it. I think it's good to keep that discussion going, not just like a one happenstance thing, Oh, Colin Kaepernick, boom, and it's done. But, you know, rather, let's keep talking about this because it's important. I think that's how we learn is through iteration and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so I just wanted to kind of tell that story. I can see where he was wrong by saying that when he was 17, but I see where he's right by trying to correct it now looking back. Uh, Represent yourself well. Treat each other like you would like to be treated. And do your due diligence when you know you're wrong. There are a lot of life lessons there that don't just apply to sports. You know, if you're in public and you say something stupid, if you meant it, then you're going to get punished. And and, And that's you. That's on you. But if you said it and you misspoke, make sure you tell people that you misspoke and tell them how you really feel. And be genuine about it. That's how you're going to get... For that, that's the only way to forgiveness is to be honest. Honesty wins everything. It honesty wins everything. There's no question. So be honest, be polite, and treat others well. Because I'm sure you would like the same. And when I say others, I mean treat people the same. People are people. You are people. We are all people. So stop being assholes to each other, okay? And again, I don't. I really don't think Josh Hader's intention was to be a hater. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, but I mean I don't think his intention was to be, uh, you know, offensive. But it was. So don't. Just don't. Know your place. Know your role. Be self-aware. Read the room. <laughs> so. That's all we've got for baseball. It's a pretty heavy topic and it's kind of hard to talk about. I mean, I don't get a lot of, you know, chances to talk about uh, uh, things that surround race. Um, I mean, I try to as much as I can. I mean, I live in a place where it's predominantly white, male, 
Mormons. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I try to diverse, diversify my discussions in a way that I would like to live. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like one of those people who like when I go to a big city, I feel like that is the right kind of place because every type of people live there. It just feels like it feels like home to me. <laughs> like I want to I want to live there someday. Um, and so I try to include diverse conversation in my life to to uh, uh, keep me to a point where I think is normal. And uh, maybe I'm being pretty candid right now, but that, that's just kind of how I feel. And correct me if I'm saying something wrong. Tell me if I if you think I'm being offensive. Uh, you know, call me out on that stuff. I want to have a discussion. Uh, I want to make sure I get it right and make sure that you understand me the way that I mean to say it. So please uh, let me know. I'm, I am Kyle Clay 2K on Twitter. You can find me there on Instagram as well. Send me a DM. Um, otherwise, just drop a comment. Let me know what you think because uh, it's all very important discussion to be had, and I want you to understand me just like I want to understand you if you have any feelings about this discussion. All right, so we're going to move on to a little bit of a different topic. It's related to a sport that I don't have an, a, a transition for, but it's golf. We've got the PGA in the talks here. Tiger Mother Bleepin' Woods, this guy. He comes out in the open in Scotland, I believe. Ooh, it's raining outside. Wow, I like that. I want to be out there right now. Tiger Woods has been in the news lately for making his comeback, and he's been doing really well. And I think the entire world of sports loves to see it. I mean, for a guy who made golf extremely popular, Him making a comeback, I, I've already had some other episodes like this in the past where I talk about the importance of having Tiger Woods in golf as long as possible and what he means to the sport. But him making a comeback, and not only that, but having the lead late in the Open Championship, that is huge for the game of golf. Like, I was watching the Dan Lebit or listening to the Dan Lebitard show, Stugatz, and they talked about how Tiger Woods is the Tiger Woods is the only person in golf that can get eyes back on the sport right now, and it would have to be a very unique situation to pull off the type of stuff that he does to get eyes on the sport. He's not trying to get eyes eyes on the sport. His motive is totally different. He's just trying to make a comeback and trying to uh, make his career right. He's trying to get a championship, make some money, and his passion is golf. So he's going to keep pursuing it, trying to become the best that he can be. And here he is in the Open Championship after a crazy, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't want to call it like a, a bender, but, you know, a leave of absence, if you will. And he comes back and he's leading the Open Championship in the last round. And he ends up finishing sixth in a three-way tie for the position in the Open Championship. He had the lead late, had a double bogey, a bogey in consecutive holes, putting him two to three shots out of the lead and just kind of fell from there. Other guys come up came up from there but it's such a big comeback for him and it's a huge comeback for the game of golf um on Stugatz he they were talking about how um I don't remember which one they, they were or who it was they were saying that their wife goes grocery shopping on Sundays that's just what she does and then uh on Sunday she wasn't she wasn't grocery shopping and so he's like hey what are you doing I thought usually you're at the store right now like what what do you got going on and she was like oh I'm watching Tiger and he's like I didn't even know you liked golf <laughs> so like I think that's the kind of situation that Tiger brings to golf is he's people who are not even interested in the sport 
or people who don't watch the sport regularly, they will tune in to watch Tiger play. And I am guilty of that. Like in his last uh, tournament that he was in where he was doing really well, I made sure to turn on the TV and watch because we're watching greatness unfold right in front of our eyes. And a guy who has been so good in the past, took a leave of absence, came back and tried to be the best again. It reminds you of like a Michael Jordan thing where he let, went to the Bulls. He won a three-peat with them in the early 90s. Um, and then he leaves, goes, goes to play baseball for a year and a half, two years, comes back to basketball, wins another, another three-peat with the Bulls. And then, you know, the rest is history. Tiger Woods, he's, it's almost like he's trying to repeat that kind of motion of, of being successful, taking a break, and the break was kind of un, you know, out of his control in a way, but then coming back to it and trying to dominate. And I think that he sees that as a huge challenge, and I think the, the people who follow golf see that as a, uh, a big win for them because they get to watch it happen. So keep your eyes on, on Tiger Woods. Um, as golf progresses, I'm not sure where they're at in their season, what other tournaments are coming up. I'm not a big golf guy. And in fact, I have a punch pass that I need to go use. Uh, I don't know if it expires, but I need to use this darn thing before the weather gets bad. Uh, speaking of bad weather, it is starting to rain. We had a storm come through earlier and it's starting to rain on us again. That's actually the worst rain we had all day. Um, but in light of that, I need to go golfing. I need to get some golfing done guys. No question. And that's what I've got for golf. Let's jump right into just a tiny bit, just a little tiny bit of some NFL discussion. All right, let's do it. All right, so not a lot of football news today out of the abstract sports corner just yet. But I do have to let you know that I am going to be participating in a PPR league. It's a paid PPR league. Uh, My boy David here, who's in the comments of this episode, he is in that league with me along with a bunch of other friends. If you've ever seen uh, the episodes where my friend Micah has helped me out, um, you may see him again this football season. But he is the manager of our league, and we've got like I think ten or twelve teams. It's a it's a good number um, to the point where you know you won't be scraping up the crap off the bottom of the waiver wire. You'll be able to get some decent people. But I do have to say, I've never played in a PPR league, and I've never played a paid league. Um, it seems like the right thing to do. I mean, you, you kind of put your money where your mouth is. You, you put money on the line and you can try to win money by, uh, paying attention and setting your lineups and paying attention to the waiver wire and picking up players who are productive and dropping those who are not. So it, it makes you an active fantasy player by making it a paid league. I understand there are people out there who don't believe in paid leagues. It's like gambling, blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, it makes you pay more attention. If you want to learn, if you want to do more research about a certain sport, put some money down on yourself. Go learn the things you want to learn otherwise and then try to win some money in the process. Why not? I mean, you're learning. You're being able to discuss with, you know, discuss sports with people who are also as passionate about it with you about it as you are and maybe more so, maybe less so, whatever. You talk to people who are talking about sports but there's still people and that's what makes fantasy sports great is all different kinds of people play fantasy football. People who don't pay attention to sports, people who are huge into sports and everybody in between both of those two points. <laughs> um, but this, this draft is happening on August 24th. So it's about a month out as of yesterday. It's a PPR league where it's like a $20 down. And I think there's going to be weekly prizes for like highest score or something like that. And then there's going to be end of the year prizes for, I think, first, second, third place. 
uh, obviously first getting the most, they're getting the least. So not only is there a chance to win big at the end, but there's also a chance to win throughout the season. So it kind of keeps you as if putting money down doesn't keep you uh, motivated to set your lineup and be active. You can try to win weekly things. You can win a lot more money than you expect by doing well every single week. So if you go undefeated, you're going to come out way on top. I mean, putting 20 bucks in, you win seven bucks a week. Bro, you're way on top. (laughs) I mean, 20 bucks times 12, that's a lot of money. It's like 240 bucks. There's a lot of money money to go around. So pay attention in your PPR leagues. Pay attention in your paid leagues. And you better damn well be paying attention in your free leagues because why the hell else are you in there for? (laughs) All right, fantasy football season's coming up, kids. Uh, Preseason starts in about a month, about the same time as that draft, August 24th-ish, somewhere around there. So be ready for it. Football season is on the way. And now, last but not least, let's cover just a little bit of basketball. So since our last episode, I missed last week because I had some friends in town and it was important to me to hang out with them while they were here. Uh, but in our since our last episode, I talked you know I talked about LeBron James for basically about an hour in the last one. And I enjoyed it because he went to the Lakers and I was kind of telling you the story about how he, how that broke down for me, like where I was when it happened, you know, like where were you when LeBron James was drafted to the Lakers or changed, traded to the Lakers? And I tell my story and I'm like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. I was excited. It was the biggest and best moment of my life. Just kidding. But beyond that, there have been a lot more deals that have gone down in just the last few days, honestly. I mean, just yesterday, Kevin Love, he uh, just signed a four-year extension with the Cavs worth $120 million. LeBron on Twitter after that was like, my boy Kevin Love securing the bag. Dinner's on you, basically. So like, you know, a guy who's Cav nat- or a, a Ohio native supporting his Ohio team, but also the team he just got traded from on his own regard. Uh, but supporting a friend, you know, just shouting out one of your friends who did something for themselves um, that's big money. Four years, $120 million, dude, 30 million a year. That's fat. Super fat. Uh, and then there's the other big deal. Well, I'll, I'll save that one for last. Cause it's kind of a shift. It's a big shift in the dynamics of this coming season. So let's talk about the, how the Lakers picked up Michael Beasley. He was a former number two pick overall. He had extreme potential. He has not yet lived up to his potential, uh, but him and LeBron have a little bit of chemistry from the past, uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But in reality, that's probably the last player that the Lakers are going to pick up to try and surround LeBron with. But there are some certain deals that are out there right now in the NBA where players can still go to the Lakers uh, before the trade deadline. So you want to keep your eyes open for that. Um, I imagine that stuff won't happen until those players see that uh, their picture unfolding as far as playoffs go. Um, but I have a feeling Paul, Paul George is going to try to make a move. Well, no, he can't. He's got a four-year deal. There's no way he's going to the Lakers. But Kawhi, though, Kawhi, though, he's not on a big deal over there uh, in, uh, in his new place of Toronto. Let's talk about that now. So the big deal that went down recently after the LeBron James deal is the silent one himself, Kawhi Leonard, uh, he basically, he was wanting to go to LA 
And he said LA, and that was it's always very vague, like, oh, I want the big city of LA. But when you say LA, I think Lakers, because that's obviously the bigger market of LA. There's more fans there, more support. But there's also the Clippers. So if you want a good coach in Doc Rivers, it makes sense to go to the Clippers. But they also just lost DeAndre Jordan, so there's no point in him going there. Uh, and also the Lakers are all are pretty stacked. They're going to be shuffling minutes around uh, quite a bit, I feel like, in that starting lineup. So Kawhi Leonard wants a, a he wants to be the guy. So what do they do? <laughs> Kawhi wants to go to LA. So what do the Spurs do? They trade him to Toronto to play for the Raptors. Under a team who just fired their head coach uh, prior to winning coach of the year, according to his peers and according to the press. <laughs> so he's going to a team that does not have a coach of the year. Uh, he's got Kyle Lowry. He's got some other working parts there. But he's got Danny Green coming with him from the Spurs. But they traded him for DeMar DeRozan and Jacob Poodle. Pull, 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 I don't know how to say that. It's very hard. P-O-E-L-T-L. And a protected first-round pick in 2019. Pretty sure Kawhi's there on a one-year deal. Could be two years. I don't really recall. But there's potential for him to go somewhere else. And that's what you want to keep your eyes on. Uh, but the big thing about this, I saw that um, DeMar DeRozan kind of opened up about this situation, about him getting traded to the Spurs. And basically he was saying that when the trade was announced, he was – blown away and i posted on the abstract sports facebook page uh the three snaps or the, the three uh, screenshots from his instagram story where he's like loyalty is just a word in this league you'll know soon enough and hours later it was announced that he was traded to the spurs but after that happened he said that he went to drake's house and they basically just sat there and talked for a couple hours about um what this means for him and what he's done for the city and how this shouldn't go unnoticed and how much respect they have for one another and what they do for their grind. Um, DeMar DeRozan is one of the best in the NBA right now, no question. And he hates the fact that he has to leave the city of Toronto. He's done so much for them. And the one guy that was in their path, like he said, the one guy that was in, in their path, when I say guy, I mean the Cleveland Cavaliers, is now out of the way because – a guy named LeBron James joins the Western Conference. That's almost like, you know, they had the best record in the league this year. Or no, 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 in the East by a long shot. That's almost like, it's not obviously not a guarantee in sports, but when you win a conference like that, there's a really, really good chance you, you can repeat that the next year. I mean, obviously you have the Celtics who are coming up. They've, they're going to have Kyrie back. They're going to have Gordon Hayward back. But that's a chemistry issue for them. They'll probably try to work it out. But you still have to bet on yourself that you are going to make it to the finals the next year when a guy like LeBron James gets out the way. So the fact that their entire team was all in on this idea that, you know, if he leaves, we've got this. You know, that that's such a big motivational push because they can get to their first finals of their career. They've been held back by the same team three years in a row. So he was looking forward to this year, and the Toronto Raptors agreed to a deal like that. How do you think that Kawhi Leonard's going to help you more than DeMar DeRozan? Like, where was the lopsided part of this deal? Like, is there something else going on? I mean, I, I don't see why the Raptors would do it. They just killed the chemistry on their team. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry. That's like a duo you do not split up. Those are like best bros, man. You do not do that. And, and so 
I feel bad for DeMar DeRozan for that situation. But when he goes to, when he goes to the West, I mean, obviously he's going to try and compete. But he's going to wish he had his bro with him. Like, if you send DeMar DeRozan, freaking send Kyle Lowry. Like, he's already upset that he has to leave the Raptors. Why would you let him leave without his best bro? And a guy who can help that Spurs team with all that veteran leadership and, you know, old age, like, bring a young guy like, like him over there. He can at least try to compete in the West with just DeMar DeRozan. It's like, you just like, why you're just doing it for money. That's my only thing. And I wish I had the numbers for their contract in front of me. I don't want to try and pull it up, but my guess is it's money. If you have a feeling about this, let me know what you think. I'm curious as to why the Raptors would even want to give up a guy like DeMar DeRozan. If it, it, I mean, beyond money, that's the only thing that it come, that could come down to because he's everything that your franchise needs right now. Chemistry, all-star power, firepower, superstar, versatile player, all like versatile scorer, leader, like good guy, nothing bad about him. You're getting a guy like Kawhi who's silent. His uncle is practically taking over his entire brand. Kawhi Leonard got kicked off of the Jordan brand. You're going to get a guy like that who's just not representing his brands well. But you get sending a guy like DeMar DeRozan off is like, well, we need the money, so see ya. Man, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Man, that segment got me heated. What? Let me know what you think about that deal. I mean, I it kind of bugs me, mostly because it's just kind of like a, it doesn't make sense. Like, why, why send Demar? Why? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, geez, that that means like Celtics are. Well, I mean, the Kawhi is a good player, but the Celtics are also a dang good team, and without the chemistry. I think the Celtics make it to the finals next year in that situation. But that wasn't all that happened. There's still more, guys. There's still more. So you know the Oklahoma City Thunder where they had Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony this year. It was almost like a test run to see who they wanted to keep of those three. And my whole prediction is they were going to keep two of the three. I personally thought they would have got rid of Carmelo and I mean, uh, shoot, who did I, I made a prediction about this once before it was either getting rid of Carmelo or getting rid of Paul George. And in my mind, I think it was Paul George going to LA. So it'd be Carmelo and Russell Westbrook because they play two very different positions because what, uh, you know, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony play very similar roles, high volume shooters, scores from every, everywhere on the floor. You can't have two guys like that on the floor. Russell Westbrook at least drives mostly, but he also is an assisting guard too. And a rebounding guard, he does everything. So you want to have you don't want to have two guys who are just pure scorers and one guy who's an assister scorer. You want to have one of each. And so Carmelo Anthony was the guy to go. He gets he actually the way that they described it, he's is he got dealt to Atlanta, and it was all like a money move. Like Atlanta was trying to free cap space, so they bought out his contract because it was less than what they had on their payroll or something like that. Uh, they bought him out just so that they could waive him. So basically, as soon as he gets traded to the Hawks, when they waive him, they paid him in full $27.9 million. Just like, here's a wad of cash. Like, whoo, that's so much money, man. Just Can I have like a, you know, a few dozen grand of that? You know, I have some debts I could pay off with that. Uh, and I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with that 0.2 million, but uh, you know, I could, I could use that mellow. If you're listening, mellow, 
charity case over here. Go to abstractsports.com slash support. Make a generous donation to our cause. and We will greatly appreciate it. And we will make sure to keep promoting sports as a medium of humanity and inclusion and equality. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do that anyways, but I'd appreciate a donation. Um, but he gets that $27.9 million. He's only taking like $2.4 million from uh, the team that he's playing for now, which happens to be the Houston Rockets. Funny story. Guy on Twitter. Seems like a legit NBA insider working for ESPN. Has a couple thousand followers. I don't think he was verified, but his pictures were legit. His tweets seemed legit. And he posted a thing like, if Melo goes to play for the Houston Rockets, I will buy everybody who retweets this a copy of 2K19. Hey, Ronnie2K, get the word out about this. Well, what do you know? (laughs) When the deal was announced, the morning the deal was announced of him going to the Rockets, or at least planning to sign, you know, Wojnarowski, the Woj bomb came through and said that he was going to be sent to the Rockets. That retweet count went way up, but I checked it early in the morning. It said 193,000 tweets. Do some math on that, kids. 193,000 times $60 per copy of the base game. We're talking like not the legend edition, not the extended edition, whatever it is. We're talking just the base game, 60 bucks, pre-order or not. $11.5 million. What happened? A few days later, the guy changed his profile picture to something inappropriate, changed his description on his bio to something inappropriate. He's like, somebody get me out of this trap and get me out of here fast. And they were like, dude, just change your username. Don't change your username. Don't bother. Don't do that. Change your bio and change your picture. People are going to know you're fake and get out. Now he's probably got a different legit account and he's going to be scrutinized for it. Like if he actually was an NBA insider and he predicted that against all odds, you know, against big money that Melo was not going to play for the Rockets and then it happens. And it's almost like 2K paid somebody to have him go to the Rockets so that they can get that kind of publicity. 193,000 copies of 2K. I guarantee like 25 to 50% of those people have never played the game in their lives. Like, Maybe, well, maybe, I mean, I can't say 50, maybe like 20% of those people have never played the game in their lives. And, you know, if Ronnie made a deal with him, he could probably, probably have cut it down. Like, Hey man, we'll give you a deal at like a little bit above cost above, you know, here's like how much it costs to make the game per copy. We're going to just bump it up a little bit, but still give you a hell of a deal. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like when I saw that story come out, I, I retweeted it immediately. I'm like, Hey, I play 2k a lot. Let me try and get a free copy if I can. But not 193,000 people think the same thing. The guy's salary is probably like a tenth, not even a tenth of that. There's no way he makes a million in a year. No way. <laughs> so, man, that, that story, that that had me going. I, man, I, I laughed so hard. I'm like, dude, there's no way his pockets are that deep. That's a lot of games. And so that's basically all the big deals that have happened in the last few days. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big basketball fan and I've been, I've caught myself watching a whole bunch of, uh, old player clips like Larry Bird highlights, MJ highlights. And I, I actually found a, just this last weekend, I found a highlight reel of Kobe Bryant's entire career. This video is, I think it was put out by the, by the NBA. It was like 15 minutes long. 
If you want to see like Kobe Bryant's tendency tendencies, look at that 15 minute highlight reel. It shows you so much about his mentality as a basketball player. Um, I was talking to my brother just a little bit before the show tonight. Um, like the way that he would do things like if you, there's another clip, sorry, just this relates. I promise. Another clip I saw about Kobe is like, you know, best plays against every team in the NBA in his career. Almost like a quarter of those to a half of them were game winners or game sealers or comeback shots where he had the ball in his hands in the last minutes. And he basically like drives into like a middle point somewhere between the elbow of the free throw line and the corner of the three point line. You know, so there's a little bit of a gap there in that, that mid range area. He would just drive to that point, catch his defender on the wrong foot, going the wrong direction and stop and, you know, stop pinpoint with his left foot, go straight up for the shot and nail it every time. I mean, obviously he probably, he missed a whole bunch of those, but Kobe was a guy who played head downhill and get to his spots. Like Kobe was not a guy you mess with, especially in his younger years, but he knows his spots. He knows his footwork. And those are the things that will kill you in a basketball game. Get a guy who's efficient as Kobe Bryant from his spot, just making them and you're screwed. But that pretty much does it for this episode. Number 55 of the abstract sports podcast. Uh, I hope you all enjoy this one. Is a little bit different from the usual. Um, covering a variety of topics from uh, you know, racial tweets and the impact that has on a player's career and his life and, and what his intention was. Talking about some PGA and a guy named Tiger Bleepin' Woods who brings the sport back into the spotlight with you know a lot of effort, honestly, but um, kind of a secondary thing that happens there he's obviously trying to pay attention to the golf game but in turn bringing a lot of attention to the golf game with his fans and then the nfl is coming up in about a month preseason's kicking off fantasy football leagues are firing up drafts are going to be going down like crazy and you got all these basketball deals happening and there's more to come on that oh by the way i don't know if you guys caught this but uh the lakers went to their second summer league championship in a row uh, that shows the promising nature of their young guys. Uh, Josh Hart, the guy who plays a lot of Fortnite, apparently in his off time, uh, got the summer league MVP last year. It was Kyle Kuzma or no, no, no. It was Lonzo ball. Forgive me. It was Lonzo ball. So Lakers did good in the summer league. They got beat by the Blazers though. Uh, so shout out to the Blazers winning the summer league. That's big for their young crew and uh, helping them sign some new talent to come on for the next year and potentially years to come. But that does it for me. My name is Kyle Clay 2K. You can find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram. Also find my Facebook page. You can just do a search for Kyle Clay Design. You can see my pretty little face on there. Um, on there, I talk a little bit about sports, but mostly about design and, and creative stuff and intellectual stuff. But I plan to cover it with a little more sports stuff. I'm, I'm finally getting my, my personal brand under wraps, you know, or not under wraps, but I mean like kind of bundled up and knowing how I want to pitch it to people. So... Um, definitely go find my Facebook page at Kyle Clay Design. Um, I may be changing that name, uh, but we'll see what happens there. But I want to say thank you to uh, David for coming through and, and providing some great conversation in the comments. I love you, man. And shout out to Clay. Shout out to your boy Clay on Instagram. He's always going to the YouTube channel, commenting on our videos, man. I appreciate that. 
I love that you listen to me. It's kind of an indirect way of keeping in touch, um, although we do see each other uh, every once in a while. Uh, by the way, I need to make a trip to San Jose. That sounds like a good time to me. But that is everything I've got for you guys. Once again, if you want to support the brand in a way other than being a listener, a reader, or a viewer, head over to abstractsports.com support. You can make a simple donation there. It could be a dollar. It could be $5. It could be $10. That money goes to keeping our website online to act as a hub for all of our content to live for years to come. And I'm not talking like, you know, this thing's going to die. I'm on episode 55, guys. You think I'm stopping? Hell no. You're wrong. You can make a donation. Go for it. I also have a shop coming up. I've got merch. I have a set of shirts that I can sell. There's not a lot, but with the money that I make, I can buy more and sell more sweet designs that are sports related and also come straight from your boy's dome. So look out for that. But in the meantime, you can also follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on anchor.fm, on YouTube, the YouTube channel. Just do a search for abstract sports. Our handle is at abstract sports or slash abstract sports on pretty much everything. Uh, so be sure to hit us up on all those different outlets and please smash the like button, smash the subscribe button, whatever it is that can get you following this page, because I'm going to be continuing to put out some great content. Winter is winter is, I mean, here in Idaho, it's not quite around the corner, but it's past summer solstice and the sun disappears quicker and quicker every day. And when it gets cold outside, I start to think more. I start to put out more content. So be sure to follow, like, subscribe, whatever you do on whatever outlet you use. And uh, let us know how you feel about our content. It really helped me out a lot in the long run. But once again, I'm your boy, Kyle Clay 2K, checking out here of the Abstract Sports Podcast, episode 55. We'll see you next Wednesday, hopefully, for episode 56. Until then, hope you guys have a good rest of your week and have a good weekend. Uh, and uh, be safe. All right. Bye-bye, guys.